Life can throw a lot at you. But imagine if your life were different, better, not because of what's coming at you, but because of what's coming from you. Let's get there together. Join us and imagine yourself. We want to welcome you to a powerful day at Imagine Yourself. I'm Lene. And I'm Sandy. And I'm thinking one of the reasons this is so power-packed is it not only affects people that we love, but it literally affects our future, all of our futures. Yeah, because we want to imagine the year 2020 and beyond being filled up with healthy and active and bright and strong, empowered young people who can just feel our support just oozing all over them from all sides. And so honestly, today's episode is really a hands-on discussion about how we as adults can be the very best parents or teachers, coaches, role models, caregivers, counselors, leaders, etc., to the next generation of kids. And we are in the studio today, joined by two dedicated leaders who can show us the best ways to pour into kids and teens. They have even developed a Growing Up 2020 Youth Empowerment Summit because they want to make sure that we can tackle some of these obstacles that kids are going to face in this next decade. The tips that we are going to learn today are priceless, and I am honored to introduce Kimber Bishop Yankee, the founder of Kids Empowered on the Move, and Kelly Masters, Summit Advisor and Facilitator. Both are dynamic ladies with decades of outreach experience working with kids in youth programs, Girl Scouts, 4-H, church, school groups, you name it, they've done it. So we want to welcome to the show, Kimber and Kelly. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having us, ladies. Looking forward to your expert advice on this because I think a lot of us are overwhelmed And it isn't just parents, it's grandparents and caregivers and everyone else. One of the things that's most unique about this generation of kids, and I know you're going to be offering tips on your conference, but also here on this podcast, these kids have the technology, the social media, the video games, or a lot more extravagant video games than we had back in the day. It's just a whole different level. Well, technology is both a positive and negative in our children's lives. And Katie McPherson, our keynote, Katie really gets into practical ways parents can help their kids manage technology. And then she wants parents and teachers to know what are the negative impacts and how do we try to negate some of the negativity? And the technology was more present than ever before because everybody's got the phones with them all the time. I would say that's a big struggle for parents trying to get their kids off their phones, making that transition from video games to doing homework or eating dinner, and kids really feeling like they are involved because they are doing so much through their phones, but they're not seeing other kids and teens face-to-face. Some kids are happy to live in a world where they have relationships through technology, and it can that can be a very positive thing. But at the same time, we have to balance it with that face-to-face connection because our kids are losing social skills because they're not practicing them. And, and that's how you get 
good at social skills is by using them every day. We found that with my son growing up, he's in college now, but back in high school, he was a little too into being on his phone, or I think the iPad was really big back then. And he went out and got a part-time job, which forced him into social interaction all the time. And it was just a godsend. Your son is getting into high school right now, Lene, right? Yeah. So my son is 14. He's a freshman. And I just thought about this. The whole aspect of this summit is there are so many things in life that I am willing to get training for. Like if I need to be a better chef or even just cook around the house, I'll take cooking classes. I will get a fitness trainer to help me with my fitness goals. I will make sure that I go to a financial planner. But as a parent, I just kind of figure, well, I was a kid once and this is my kid, but there are things that we're dealing with, like you're talking about now, that we just didn't have to deal with in my time. We had peer pressure back then and we had stranger danger, but we didn't have addiction to social media and we didn't have even electronics, period, really, to even be addicted to. We had VCRs. <laughs> yeah, we had VCRs and the TV. But even those would cut off at a certain time. And I'm just wondering, how do we keep ourselves and our kids from becoming overwhelmed? You mentioned a very good point about going to training and using other resources, using experts to help you with your finances and taking cooking classes and things like that. So many parents don't use resources because like you, they grew up and their parents didn't do it. And it really hasn't been ingrained in our society that that's something every parent should do. So often when parents have kids that are doing fairly well, they think, not my kid, my kid's doing great. But what they don't understand is their kid is part of the fabric of that school. And so if their kid witnesses a bullying situation or has a friend who is struggling and their child teen does not have the skills or knowledge about what to do, how to stand up because they've never done it before, they've never practiced it, or they don't know to tell a teacher or a parent, hey, my friend is really struggling, they're not going to do it. And so the kids that are doing well need these skills too because we're all connected. The other thing is we all don't know what problems and challenges are going to come to us at some point in our lives, everybody's going to have a challenge. I don't know who has not had a challenge in their life. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I came up with the ideas. I started Girls Empowered 21 years ago. But when I was a freshman in college, my very first semester, I had a professor who sexually harassed me. Mm. And at the time, that word was not even out there, sexual harassment. I'm from Kentucky. I grew up in a very sheltered home, did not really know the bigger world out there. And when the professor was speaking to me, I totally remember the first time turning red from my head to my toes and just thinking, what did I say to make him say that? Like, I didn't understand what happened. And 
of course, what I realize now is I actually went into fight or flight. So he was saying words to me that were inappropriate. My brain panicked and then released chemicals that made me feel shaky and scared and confused about what just happened. Instead of having the knowledge that, gosh, I need to go talk to somebody in the administration, I went through that whole semester feeling scared, crying. I had a boyfriend who tried to get me to go report him, but I was terrified. I had no idea what to do. And then again, it happened to me a few more times, and I eventually learned what to do from life experience. And my first corporate job happened to me on my very first work trip with a new senior vice president. And I was able to manage the situation because I had learned the hard way what to do. But I watched my coworker giggle, be uncomfortable, and I watched this man progress into a situation where we actually then had to go through sexual harassment training at my company. And that's when it all was coming out about sexual harassment. And I thought to myself, gosh, if I had known what to do when I was 18 years old, I could have made a better choice instead of just crying and being scared. So part of all of this training is to help us give our kids sort of what kind of challenges are we all at some going to have in life? And what do you do when you're faced with a challenge? So every kid needs this. And adding to the challenge, it seems like the technology and social media is raising it to the nth degree. Research is now coming out and showing personal technology devices are really causing problems. They're causing problems in the development of our children. They're causing problems in their lack of social skill development. They're causing problems within families. Nobody sits around the dinner table on Sundays with three generations just talking. Yeah, People sit around staring at their phones, right? In the same room. So the social media aspect of that for some people and in some ways is driving this anxiety. Because Because you're not getting that outlet. You're not getting the outlet and you're not developing real relationships and connections yeah. and you're worried about what's happening with your peers on social media a lot of times as children are getting older when i say getting older it is starting at eight and nine years old wow you know, worrying about the group chat i had a mom say to me recently that her sixth grader they were at school for an open house or something and a group of girls that used to be really good friends walked by her and didn't even say hello and so the mom asked her daughter well those are your girlfriends don't you want to go say hi there were no hugs there were no high fives and her daughter said because i'm so busy doing her passion they took me off the group chat so i don't really know what's going on with them anymore whoa so in her effort to have more of a real life and real physical connections she has been dropped from the social media connection. And we were just talking, Linnea and I, the other day, Instagram is testing this thing in Australia where you're not going to be able to see likes anymore. And we're hoping that that comes to the United States because I can't imagine what it would be like to be 15 years old and post like a selfie I thought was really cool and nobody liked it. Because that becomes ammunition for either someone else to have something to say about it or even just on your own that you are seeking something that Humans never 
were really seeking before. This is the advantage of a conference like this because things really have changed and are rapidly changing even more. So our teenage girls are really looking outside for validation, and we need them to look inside. And you mentioned the likes. I know a teenager who actually spends hours crafting her posts and then stresses out if they're the right picture, is she going to get enough likes? And mm. she's obsessed with it. It's, I know some adults like that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if you can hone that in to be a talent that they could use for a future career in marketing or something like that, that's beautiful. But for your own personal validation, oh. that is not the way to go. And in preparation for today's episode, I went ahead and spoke with my son. This is the crazy part. I would have never had this conversation with him at all if this episode were not forthcoming. He's a freshman in high school. I said, what's your biggest issue as a kid? And he said, well, I have two. Number one is the fear of being judged by other kids. If I do something or say something and it kind of comes off wrong or weird or dumb, that is terrible. He said, that's everyone's worst fear at my school. He said, I don't maybe have it as bad as others, but that's just the number one thing, that you're going to look stupid. And I mean, even adults have that too, but that fear of being judged. And he said the second one is actually the pressure and stress of schoolwork and fear of failure. After this conversation as a parent, and, and remember, I believe this conference is for educators and counselors and people who are group leaders or caregivers or grandparents also. But as a person who cares about this young man, in my case, I'm his parent, I now know more what he's going through. I know how to pray over him. I know how to be supportive for him. Whereas before, I just would have taken the time to have this kind of conversation. And that's the type of thing I hope people listening will begin to have these conversations with their children or teenagers or people who are in their lives, even if they're not physically their parents. Well, this is one of the biggest benefits of coming to a program like this is that it gives parents the open door to have these conversations. It gives them the language. If they try to have them without something like this, often their kids are, I don't want to talk about that or shut them down. But when they go to an experience together, now they have this formula to be able to have those conversations. So I would say that's one of the biggest positive feedbacks that we get from parents coming to things like this. And I did want to talk about what your son said about the fear of saying something dumb, of being judged. So I think there's two sides to that coin. The fear for children is bigger because, again, social media, there's so much videotaping going on or kids posting about what other kids did. There was a mom at my son's school that posted on Facebook about the car line and a mom that picked her child up at a certain point in the car line. And then they're all like bashing. <laughs> and so, wow. it, yeah, so this is a kind of thing that you do something that somebody else wants to make into something, then they often are texting about it, posting about it. I had a high school girl that I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with, and the person would say, one of her classmates, they went to a new school together. The girl would say, it's not my fault that 
there's somebody in our grade that is not happy right now. And she never used her name, but everybody knew who she was talking about. And worse was the girl was reading this and knew who she was talking about. And so what our kids have, instead of one or two or three kids that see maybe the thing that you did, they now have hundreds of people watching them. And so the fear is real because everything is being recorded or made fun of or pointed out. And the second piece of that is I think there is a bigger problem than bullying. Bullying is still very much alive, but we have fewer bullies. We have more of kids that just pick at each other. So the way you chew your food, the way you open your locker, the way you threw the football, the way you are writing your notes, kids are constantly questioning, why are you doing it like that? You're doing it wrong. You should be doing it this way. You don't write well. Constantly picking at each other. And I feel that most adults do not get what's happening because they don't see so much bullying anymore, but they don't see this every day, just pick, pick, pick. And if you're a nice kid, that pick, pick, pick really gets to you. Because you don't talk that way to other kids. In our office at Kids Empowered, we see a lot of really nice kids that are struggling because kids are just picking. And nobody would call it bullying. I mean, these kids are not bullies. Now, are they picking on them just to pick on them? Are they picking on them because they want to post something on social media they think is going to get likes? Hey, look at the way so-and-so is chewing. Here's a video on Instagram. What's driving this, do you think? I think that, you know, when I grew up, we watched Happy Days and the Brady Bunch. The TV shows today are sarcastic and snarky and making fun of everyone. I think they think it's normal. I don't think they think they're being mean. I think they think it's okay to say those things. So we've somehow normalized this unfriendly behavior. So what do you tell kids to get a thicker skin? I mean, that's easier said than done at that age, right? Sandy, I'm going to chime in here because my first exposure with Kids Empowered was as a mom. And I have one of those nice kids. You didn't ask anybody. That just isn't her mom talking. But she's like, she's a really sweet kid. She's a really nice girl who has been raised and taught to embody certain virtues. You know, we're very strong in our faith. And being kind and inclusive and helpful and empathetic is just the people that we try to be every day. Mm. And She was experiencing as young as we had our first issue with this in actually kindergarten. And then it really reared its head in second grade. And my daughter wound up missing a lot of school because she had an undefined, undiagnosed. We didn't know what it was. We thought it was a medical condition. But in hindsight, I really think that it was her inability to express what was really going on with her that was manifesting in physical ways. Mm -hmm. And she was having stomach aches and headaches, and she looked very sick. We went to specialist after specialist. I cannot tell you how many hours and thousands of dollars were spent with tests and tests and exams. We're talking MRIs and neurologists and everything you can imagine to try and find out what had made this child so sick. I went to our principal after kind of getting a handle on her physical health and said, I have now witnessed, I believe, why my daughter is sick. 
And it's because there are some classmates of hers who are just mean. They are unkind. They tease her about things. Now, my daughter is generally very well liked. She's a very social child. She doesn't fall on anyone's radar. She's not a behavior issue. She does well socially. She does well academically. But she was experiencing some very mean kid behavior, making fun of something about her appearance, which still she carries with her today. And I said, I don't know what to do because I was telling her things, which big mom fail. Now (laughs) I know. I was saying to her, you know, the world isn't a nice place. Suck it up, buttercup. You got to toughen up. And that was not, that was, that was not the right thing to do. And so now she's a little bit older, but we started attending Kids Empowered programming and we had her meet with one of the coaches. We call her her coach. She's a therapist, but she's my daughter's life coach. Meets with her periodically to talk about things that are going on in her life. Now we have common language. And we can role play. When things happen at school, she'll come home and I'll say, you know, so what's going on? Whatever. And I have learned how to help her. Back pocket responses have become our best friend, which is a kids empowered thing. Someone says to you, boy, Lene, what a stupid looking shirt you're wearing. My daughter would say, gosh, why would you say that to me? That's not very nice. Wrong thing to say. Instead, Hopefully she will now say, but I like it. So you you move on. You don't have to internalize it. You don't have to get into a fight about it. Uh, And you don't have to engage. And and it doesn't become who you are. It's just something that somebody said. You have a lot of these little back pocket responses to different situations, right? And that's one of the things that you'll be talking more about in your conference. But can you give us more of those? Yes. I'm going to let Kimber address that because it is one of my, the favorite tools that we have gained and have taken to our Girl Scouts and to other youth groups for nice kids who just need some assistance in knowing how to navigate these kind of tough social situations. We were talking about before with training and with learning, and you even mentioned the word programming, so that you don't feel at a loss when you're standing there shaking and quivering you already have a proper response ready. Kelly is probably one of our best students. (laughs) She can now teach us stuff and actually has done some teaching for us now. But yes, back pocket responses. And that is one of the things we're going to offer at the conference. It's called verbal judo. So the kids will learn back pocket responses and they'll be learning how to do some moves too. So it's fun, interactive. Bat pocket responses are meant to be short, to shut down a situation, for the kid to be able to send the message, I'm not interested in this conversation. I'm good with myself. I'm moving on. We've developed a few standard ones that can apply to a lot of situations. So, for example, we teach if a kid is playing at recess or at a camp or at an after-school program, the park, and they're doing something that's fun. They're just outside playing. And some kid says, I run faster than you, or you don't throw the ball very well, or you suck at this. Any kind of comment like that, we teach the kid to say, I'm just here for fun. And then they move on. Hmm. Because what can you do? Argue with fun? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you can't argue with the way I'm having fun. If it has to do with schoolwork, your handwriting's messy. Why do you take so long on that math test? I'm in a better reading group than you. Anything to do with schoolwork. We teach the kids to say, I'll let the teacher worry about that. 
and then nothing else. They move on. But what we also do teach the kids is we want them to try three different times to shut down an unfriendly situation. And we have to really tell them it's like a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, or a morning situation, an afternoon situation. Because often they will say, well, I said it three times, like in a row, and it didn't work. No, we don't want you to say it three times. We want you to say it once and move on. That's the key. But what we also want to do is prevent any child from being bullied. And this is the problem. Everybody calls everything bullying. So nobody really, when you hear that, what does that mean? What is going on? It's not helpful to me because I, again, do one-on-one coaching. It's not helpful for me to say my child's being bullied. I have to know exactly what is happening. So I can determine what do they say back? What are the strategies? Is that child engaging Because a lot of children either engage, like you said, they argue, no, my shirt is red. No, the shirt is cool. They argue with what the mean person has said, or they just ignore it, and they're defeated. We teach kids try three different times, and on the fourth time, if you are not able to get it to stop, we do want you to go to an adult and report it. Now, if you're in fourth or fifth grade, middle school, high school, you're going confidentially to an adult. This has been the flip side for 20 or something years. Kids have been taught ignore, 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 walk away, walk away. Now what has been taught the last few years is go tell an adult. Well, first of all, that doesn't teach kids how to shut down just typical kid problems, okay? Our kids need those tools. We don't want them running to an adult for every little unfriendly comment because nobody's going to be able to take care of all that. And we want our own kids to have those skills. And then number two, no one can really distinguish between when is this a problem and when is it not. So that's why we say try three different times and then go report it. If you're in third grade and younger, it is socially acceptable to report. So we actually teach the kids on the fourth time to say, I told you two times to stop. If you do it again, I have to report you. That's the third time, actually. And then on the fourth time, they would say, I have to report you. But for a fourth grader, that can only make the situation worse if they're saying, I'm going to report you. So we teach them to say, this conversation's over, or I've had enough. And then they confidentially go report. And sometimes you have to find the right adult that's going to do something because The teachers, they get so many of these issues to deal with, and they might not be able to say, okay, I need to take action at this point because they hear it in 100 things that they've heard that day. So we need to really be able to say, no, wait a minute. We are in a point now where it looks like this is coming from an unfriendly situation turning into a potential bullying situation. If somebody tells me they've been bullied, That means adults have failed. There's so many points along that way that intervention could have happened. So what do we do? How do we look out for it as parents? We're not at school. We don't see it. That, again, the conference is one of those opportunities. Our kids need places where they can go to hear this message and to have people they can talk to. So often when I go into a classroom, 
there will be a couple kids that will share that they are being bullied and nobody even knew it. So kids get very mixed messages. Some parents tell kids and teachers tell kids, tell us everything. And then some get told it's not a big deal. Suck it up, buttercup. Everybody has to deal with it. Or I've even had kids who've told me that they're told, solve the problem first, and then you can come tell me. Okay, that's nice. (laughs) Not no instructions on how to solve the problem. I always say to the adult who tells me, "Well, the kid's going to have to deal with it." I told them they're going to have to deal with it. Then I say, "Well, share with me how you recommended they deal with it." Every time they look at me and say, "Well, I really don't know." So you're telling a kid to deal with it, and you don't know yourself. Yeah, how do you expect them to know? And I wonder too. This makes me think, even like I said, from my own personal experience with my son, to maybe have some more regular planned conversation so that you can get a baseline on your kid on what a regular day and conversation is like so that if they start to seem like things are changing, you'll notice it more quickly than if you hadn't had these regular intentional discussions with them. I also think it's important that every middle school and high school kid has somebody beside their parent to talk to. Ah. So that could be a therapist, that could be the school counselor, a teacher, an aunt or an uncle, a coach, a youth group leader. But every middle school and high school kid should have somebody to talk to. Because what you don't know is if your kid is telling you everything. And so many moms feel like it's a failure if they're not the go-to person or they're not the person that can solve the problem. I can't tell you how many moms tell me that. But just like if our kid needed tutoring, we would go to a math tutor, a science tutor. It is healthy for our children to have the skills to say, hey, I am struggling or I know that ahead of time I need to know how to solve these types of problems. And for our kids to already have that in sharing their thoughts and feelings with somebody else besides their parents. We see too many high school kids that don't have that ability. They find themselves in a situation that they need counseling, but because they've never done it before, they refuse to do it. So we don't want to wait till our kids get in a very sticky situation where they're sort of in crisis. We want to already have laid out those foundations for them to be able to access those resources. I wanted to add to Kimber's comment about another trusted adult. This was some advice given to me by a very wise woman who's been down the parenting rodeo in advance of me. And she said, you do want to be the best possible mom. And we do feel like no one's going to care for, nurture, or protect our child like we are. But your kid isn't going to tell you everything. It's just in the nature of it. So when they're younger, if you're able, together, identify someone that you're comfortable with them going to and they're comfortable going to. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't have that other trusted adult, and it could be a really good friend who's a neighbor. As Kimber said, it could be a coach. It could be a therapist. It could be a grandparent. But it's somebody who's not mom or dad. Because there are certain things that our tweens and teens are not going to tell their parents. 
And so if you have this mutually agreed upon person that your child is comfortable with and you too are comfortable with, Mm -hmm. that's the ideal situation. And there needs to be an understanding of confidentiality so that your child will actually go to them with real issues and not pretend or make, you know, cover up. Having that in place, as Kimber said, in advance is incredibly powerful. And even at 10 years old, 11 years old, children do have things that they're maybe not comfortable sharing with mom and dad. But maybe after they talk to that trusted adult, they can find the words or they can find comfort in taking it to the parent. But if not, at least they have someone that you have sanctioned and you trust. And part of that is as they get older and they find their independence, often if they don't have that other trusted adult, then they're going to their peers. Yeah. They're going to their friends the who don't have, the <laughs> they don't have any more experience with things than yeah. the child does themselves, right? Yeah. But that becomes their safe place, their outlet, their sounding board. Is that really who we want it to be? And another part, too, this makes me think, anyone out there listening, or you, Kelly, or Kimber, or Sandy, or myself, we might be that person that's trusted for someone else's child. And I do love the fact that you mentioned it could be a grandparent or it could be, like you said, a coach. Because this is not just about parents. This is about a whole community coming together to support all of the children in the community, and then everybody will win. And so everybody really can benefit from this Growing Up 2020 conference. And whether we have a child in our life right now, we don't know when we could become that person. Okay, so now you just got to go ahead and tell us. What is, give us the information, the website, the date, the all the goodies. So the Growing Up 2020 Youth Empowerment Summit is a half day. And I will share that good friends of mine attended a previous conference. And she said to me, it was the best three hours I shared with my family this year. Wow. I was not seeking that feedback. She volunteered that information. So November 9th, it is a Saturday. It's half day. It's from 9 to 1230. It's being held in Northville on the campus of Ward Church. They have generously opened up their entire campus to host this because they also know and feel that this is important for our community. It is a regional event. It is not just for Northville. That just happens to be where we're hosting it this time. The beauty of the Growing Up 2020 Youth Empowerment Summit is that it is designed very intentionally with three very different tracks. There are issues that parents are facing and resources and education and inspiration that parents need to help them navigate and manage the kinds of things that they as parents are trying to deal with to help their children. And the things that children themselves are facing, those third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade children whose brains aren't fully developed (laughs) and don't know how to manage sticky situations. They're learning how to solve conflict, how to balance being a kind child but not being a doormat. So the track for children is very, very different than what adults will experience and the children will enjoy seven different hands-on interactive stations, how kids learn best by doing. They get to play games. They learn a lesson. They practice these skills. 
because it takes practice. This is like learning a new language. You don't go to a one-time, three-hour seminar on French and think that you're fluent. <laughs> exactly. So the children will experience three hours, but it's broken into 20-minute segments where the kids are active and hands-on learning these skills, while at the same time, teenagers are in yet a different track designed very specifically for them with longer sessions on key critical topics addressing both the physical and the social self-defense that they need. Boys in one room, girls in a different room. And then also the impact of social media and technology use on their future for life beyond high school. The way this is configured is very intentionally designed for the learning styles and the content that is appropriate for adults, for children, and for teens. So everybody and can learn something from this is what you're saying. It's for the whole family, really. And the website for more? KidsEmpoweredOnTheMove.org is the website where you can get all the details. KidsEmpoweredOnTheMove.org. Anyone in the metro Detroit area and Michigan, really consider go on that website, take a look at it, block that Saturday out for yourself and for your child and tell your neighbors about it too because I guarantee that this episode has proven that we are all in this together. It's, it's like that quote by Abraham Lincoln, the best way to predict the future is to create it. The best way to have a positive future is we've already created these people. <laughs> They're our future. So go ahead and nourish them, support them, help them blossom so that we can have the skills, they can have the skills, we can all be equipped. And I would say, too, even if you're not in the metro Detroit area, that your website is packed with information. We need to be equipped with this stuff. I actually, through Kids Empower, do coaching on the phone or online with people across the country. Wow. It's because I think what we offer is the practical piece of this, and it's very hard to find. I do want to say a little bit about the stations. Kids will be in groups of 15. They'll have a group leader, and they'll go to six stations and then at the end, everybody comes together, the teens and the kids will come together to hear a local celebrity, Allie McManus. Mm. She has a remarkable story. She has had major health challenges throughout her life. She's in a wheelchair, but she has created her own life and is a singer and travels nationally and has a wonderful song called Unbreakable. So it's all about being yourself empowerment, facing those challenges. Of course, I always get emotional when I talk about Allie. I've known her since she was four years old, but she has a beautiful inspirational story for our kids and teens that will help them see no matter where you are in life, you can be somebody. Kind of develop that unbreakable spirit too from within. It sounds like she does have a powerful story. So has she always been in a wheelchair? The first time I met Allie, she was four and she had a walker. Over the years, her disease has to do with her spine. She's had multiple surgeries. And mm. so probably about, I think I saw her when she was 10 in a wheelchair. But she has really made lemonade out of lemons. Mm. <laughs> wow. So she is using all the strength that she has had to garner 
over the years and pouring it into other people. And I would say that what was really cool for me to see, I get emotional, is all the teen girls crowding around her, getting her autograph. That is so beautiful. I can see why you get emotional. So in addition to all the things you have for the parents and for the kids, you also have something for the professionals that's special, right? Right. So educators, teachers, social workers, counselors, and anyone who is looking for professional development, there is a portion of the adult track that will have professional development credits attached to them. So if people want to come just because they love kids and they want to gather resources and knowledge to help those children, fantastic. Yet, if there are some people who are listening who want to come and also accomplish some of their professional development requirements, the summit will provide for that as well. That's amazing. We always have a little offshoot takeaway time at the end of our episodes. Today, when you were talking about Allie and getting emotional, combined with the fact that I really want to encourage everyone out there listening, every one of us can be a light. Even if you look at famous celebrities, they're either athletes will be on camera saying, hi, mom, or Oprah Winfrey broke down that time years ago when her fourth grade favorite school teacher came on the show and hugged her and she just couldn't even stop crying. Different athletes have received honorary awards and was their high school coach came walking in and they almost broke down there. I really want to make sure that we all recognize that any of these successful people always had someone waiting in the wings, supporting them all the way through. And we can be that person for our own family members or neighbors or students or for other people's children or for our nieces and nephews. It just can really continue. We have the power to pull the very best out of these students and young people and athletes and make a positive impact on their lives. And I just want to really take a moment to thank you, Kimber, and to thank you, Kelly, for coming in and sharing these things with us and for creating a full event. It won't just be this year either, right? It will continue on for other years. And if you don't live in Michigan, maybe you can find something similar in your area or start to just develop these conversations because... We're really thankful for your input and your influence. Thank you so much for supporting this effort, too. We really appreciate it. We have to get the word out so we can help as many people as possible. Once again, the website is? KidsEmpoweredOnTheMove.org. And we can get information on your organization and on this conference, which takes place on Saturday, November 9th. I'm thinking about coming with my seven-year-old niece. And I'm thinking about coming with my son. So, Kimber, I know that you mentioned that you do coaching for young people, and it's a family thing, but that is something that if someone who doesn't live in Michigan, or or even if they do, how would they reach out to you? Would they be able to use the same website for that, too? Yeah, everyone can reach me at that website, and then if they want to call, they can reach me at 248-757-0912. And we'll put all the information on our website, too, ImagineYourselfPodcast.com. And we would be remiss if we didn't 
bank some corporate sponsors who are making this possible um, to underwrite costs for speakers and materials and things that children receive at their stations and snacks. Two of our large financial supporters being Michigan Legacy Credit Union and Imagine Theaters, along with a variety of other supporting organizations. Those two presenting sponsors have really made this so that price isn't a barrier. Because no matter what, how much people love their children, we all do have budgets, or we should. And um, yeah. and so a $50 day for a mere $17 is made possible because of the generous support of our partners and our sponsors. So I just wanted to make sure and say a thanks to Imagine Theaters and Michigan Legacy Credit Union and so many others. It's cute, too, to have the connection with Imagine Theaters, too. But imagine yourself. <laughs> empowering this next generation of difference makers. Thanks for listening. Now we'd like to hear from you. Got an idea for the show? Want to share your story or just say hello? Make sure you connect with us. You can do that at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you again next time when we have something new to imagine.